You're listening to Freestyle Flavor. I'm your host, Chef Tarsha. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, stay tuned for my conversation with Greg Knight. Joining us live from Waterbury, Connecticut, we'll talk about his role as founder of Urban Fresh Gardens and find out how his Jamaican heritage is putting up a resistance against food insecurity. And I'll ask him, this Learn to Earn initiative you've started, how are the young people responding? You've got freestyle flavor. Put your listening ears on. Stay close. I'll be right back. I would like my children to know that um, their father was a key player in changing um, communities, especially Waterbury, and that they should just pick up on what I left off and continue, continue to make a difference in the world. The vegetable that I've been planting that represent my cultural heritage would be Kalaloo, Pak Chow, um, Scotch Bonnet Peppers. I would love the future of Waterbury to look like um, where youth could um, be developed in such a way that they can um, find better jobs, that they they can um, now be what God intended them to be, such as um, like especially boys that I work with, that they will become men and you know men in such a way that they will you know take care of their homes, take care of their wives, um, you know go out there and work and um, be just sustain their family. You've got Freestyle Flavor, a podcast cookumentary highlighting all things food. Stay posted for my conversations with cooks, educators, farmers, ranchers, and regular folks talking about the flavors we all love. We'll learn so much about where our food is coming from, recipe profiles, ingredients, and fanfare tasty fanfare stay posted our next episode is coming up now i'm out here live in waterbury connecticut at urban fresh gardens uh interviewing the founder of this program uh greg knight welcome to freestyle flavor Thank you so much, Chef. Um, thank you for having me. Okay. I, I, I love this opportunity to be talking with you. And maybe you move a little bit closer to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So tell me a little bit about your background. We can hear your accent. And so let's let's find out who is Greg Knight. Yeah, well, um, I'm Jamaican. Okay. Um, I grew up in Jamaica. I, um, I spent around, um, what's that, 20 years, 21 years, somewhere there in Jamaica. I grew up there, went to school there. But I was just that kid growing up, always wanted to be on a farm. Spent a lot of time on a farm with my my, my late uncle, and um, we would just—it's just a whole different type of setup, though, in terms of what a farm looked like. But we would we would travel for miles with a donkey. Oh, <laughs> um, just miles up in the hills. That's where the farm would be. Which is so rocky, the terrain. It is. It is. It's a trip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we have what you call hampers, and put on the donkey okay on either side and both sides okay. and we would fill that up with mangoes and cane and all kind of ground provision and just just take that trip back home and feed the whole family and even sometimes the community which you know that's just something that lived with me for a long time and so farming and gardening is like I would say it's kind of in my blood it's just in my um, development as a kid yeah you know so how long has it been since you, uh, when did you come here? I, I came here like in 2001, 2001 somewhere. Straight from Jamaica or from somewhere else? No, straight from Jamaica. Okay. Here. Um, I mean, not here in Waterbury, but in New York. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I'm in Waterbury now for around seven years. We okay. came here like somewhere in 2016 and yeah. And uh, before that, New York, where in New York? Um, in New York, I, I, it's the Bronx, so that's the only place I know yeah. that, I, that, that, we, that I ever lived was in New York, in the Bronx, and then from there, here in Connecticut, Waterbury. And you say you were from where in Jamaica? I grew up in Kingston. Oh. Kingston, Jamaica. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One love, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's my I man. Mean, I yeah. tell you, if I had to be a groupie for anybody, uh -huh. it would be... Bob Marley. Oh, and yes. Tupac and Smokey Robinson. <laughs> yes, we were talking about. Um, it was it today, yesterday. We were talking about Bob Marley and his influence, how influential his music was, and that it the the music really speak volume to the society was something to help people to cope right. with life. Yeah. you know, to get over struggles. So um, you don't really get that type of music now, but you know those days. Um, in, in tough life, in, in hardship, those music is what get played on the street. And that was therapy for a and lot of people. And it still is. <laughs> you I know? mean, you know, uh, I think um, when you produce something that is a light, yeah, it still shines. It's still shining. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I might I might try to see if I can find a little jing to put under this <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to this music. Tell me about your first food memory. Wow. <laughs> so I would tell you um, one of my greatest memories in, in food is that growing up, you know, we grow up what I think is like what we call like a village. You know, that's the best ex way to explain it, that if we would get up one day and we really want um, food, we would just, as boys, would go to our neighbors and say, let's cook. And we would 
ask each other what you got, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and you know, they, they were like, I got a flour. Other person said, yes, this is, uh, my mom got some chicken. And the other person like, I got an oil. Mm-hmm. And like, all right, who got the coal? Because we didn't have really like, for, for me, some people had it, but for me, I didn't have no gas stove. Mm-hmm. So we had this coal, coal stove. So we would just catch a fire, bring the pot, and we would just cook what we, we got. And one of the favorite was just curry chicken. Like we, that you know, that, that there's this special Jamaican curry that you put on it and paprika and all that stuff that really flavor the chicken, the scotch bonnet pepper, yeah. which that brings out that nice flavor on the chicken. So I just remember as a boy that we would, you know, just always be cooking chicken, you know, okay. and we be like curry chicken with what we call dumpling. So you know, it's and yam, and you know, it's just a thing that we will just, especially summertime when we are from school, that's just what we do, and then go play soccer and we back home. And how so, old are you at this point? What you're talking about? Um, I would say I'm. I couldn't be no more than ten years old. You know, I, I I'm ten. Yeah, being ten years old as a boy, we've been doing a lot. Yeah. You know, it's just um, society just have you grow up faster than, you know, than normal kid in other um, developed countries. You know, mm-hmm. at 10 years old, I am already by myself taking a school bus coming home, mm-hmm. you know, um, looking out for my sister because um, I, I only have um, girl siblings. So I am really I grew up like this protector of them. My mom had me like that because that's just how it is. That's, you know, so. Yes, around 10 years old, growing up, um, I'm always, like, responsible. Like, mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. this sense of being a responsible kid. <coughs> and who taught you how to cook, though? Well, well, um, cooking, my mom is a really good chef. Um, she, she, because... As a stew chef. Yeah. You're cutting up onions and... It's just a part of contributing to the household. Yeah. You know, it was just one thing that, you know... If my, my older sister, they if they're cooking, then I got to cut up the meat or season it up. So everybody would have to play a role in the whole cooking process. And because there's always a role to play, right? you will you, you just learn it. Right. You know, um, because if mom is single mom at the time and she has to be out there um, working and bringing in the money, then, you know, uh, at that time, you know, everybody have to play a role before right. she gets home Absolutely. and make sure everything is like done and every, you know the food is you know is ready so yeah mm-hmm. so my mom she is the one that really showed us how to cook mm-hmm. yeah i um i like what you're saying because i have a summer camp and i teach kids to garden mm-hmm. uh, much like what you're doing here right and i also teach them to cook and for me i cook my very first complete uh, Thanksgiving dinner at 11 years old. Oh, wow. So that's turkey, everything. Yeah. And that's coming from a family of cooks, a yeah. family of farmers, urban right. gardeners. Right. Uh, right. You know, my dad, I often say, was the first chef I knew because, uh-huh. you know, he was well-versed. So when you come... But the other thing about it is, just like you're saying, and I express this to parents of the children that I cook uh, teach, mm-hmm which is a lot of them are single parent families right that once you teach your children these life skills this is what you're teaching them here mm-hmm. how to grow your own food how to prepare your own food right. how to work with the soil and the nature and respect 
what's around us, mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. that brings another level of independence, which brings another factor of functionality into your household. Yep. Right? So when the kids know how to pick a good pepper yeah. versus trash, yeah, yeah. you know, they know how to go to the grocery store, get the right go get the right stuff, come back, they know how to chop it, they know mm -hmm. how to... That makes a huge difference, you know, in the family completely. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Like, you know, when, when the kids will come here and if I, when I ask them, anybody know how to cook? Like, few, like, no, I don't know how to cook. But culturally, almost all, all the kids that I grew up with knew how to cook at 10 years old. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. it's just, and that was just a way of life. Yeah. And it's just, you know, culture. So my thing is, you know, we need to recreate our culture. And, you know, cooking is really simple and it's a basic and it's a survival thing. Okay. So I really think that the kids should learn how to do, how to cook, how to do basic stuff, cooking and even, you know, and some may move on to advanced um, cooking. But it does something that we feel like we want to teach them alongside gardening and right. whatever life skill. It is a life skill. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Now, um. I have a million questions to ask you, but I'm trying to make my way slowly. Um, so I imagine if you're cooking at 10, you're also harvesting at 10. Yeah. And probably you were planting and climbing trees, and who was yeah, getting oh the mangoes God. out the trees? So, you know, in, growing up, you know, I try to tell my kids a story. Like, growing up, I was I was just one of those kids that was also different than the other kids. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, the type of person who... So where we live and where we go get our, you know, um, most of our vegetables are our um, produce. You would have you go far into the mountains, mm -hmm. into the hills. And I will go through rivers and river falls, climbing stone just to get there. <laughs> you know, it's beautiful. And um, I would just get a crate. And you walk with a crate and you would just um, pick mangoes and guineps and tamarind and you'd just be filling that crate. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm talking about, you're talking about walking for 10 miles. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. and sometimes even further than that just to go get it mm -hmm. and bringing that weight and just bringing it back to your community and you're sharing it with everybody. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's a whole group of you going to, to do that. So... Mm -hmm. Um, to just just answer some of your questions, like you know, yeah, we um, we growing up, you know, me and my mom will always have a garden in our yard, and part of it is that we always be growing like hallelujah, and learning also to be an entrepreneur in trying to see how much hallelujah we could grow and sell it to our neighbors. So right. I'll be having bundles of hallelujah in that same crate, walking over to my neighbors, asking. Um, do you want any kalaloo to buy? You want peppers to buy? You want any time to buy? And and that's how we would just go and sell because it's not like we come from uh, a family of well-to-do and we always have money. We had to find way to survive. Right. And you know the ground planting in the ground was always a way to survive right. for us. Right. Um, so we always had a garden in the yard and we always try to be selling from it. So. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. it. And that, that is the other thing that people have to understand about uh, gardening and farming is that it represents a complete sustainability model, as I like to call it. You yeah. know, uh, there's so much to get out of the experience of being out here in the garden. It's beautiful out here today. Yeah. Yeah. 
and just it puts me in a whole nother mindset really yeah but the surplus right you're going to have the harvest you're going to plant the seed mm -hmm. You're going to pray over the seed. Yep. <laughs> you're going to watch God flourish through, yep. you know, all of that. Yep. And then you're going to have more than you can yep. handle. Yes, yes, Which yes. brings now the income factor in. Yes. Tell me a little bit about what you would say is the flavor profile of Jamaica. When you think about your home... When you think about um, that cooked pot, what what are the flavors that stand out? So there's a plant that we call our national dish. It's okay. called ackee. Ackee, ackee. Okay. <laughs> you know, and it's just one of those things that almost every Jamaica crave. Um, it's it's cooked with um, saltfish. Um, it's I think codfish. You know, mm -hmm. or red herring. Okay. You know, so. We flavor it with um, saltfish, or we flavor it with red erin, um, and, and we make it with. Uh, make sure that you always have a, a scotch bonnet pepper in there in some time. Like that's one of those things. Like you don't cook without a scotch bonnet pepper. Like yeah. that, that's just something you have. Mm -hmm. We we and we are a culture of spice, right. and, and you know we love the taste of flavor too. So mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, so when you think about Jamaica, you really think about like the national dish, which is ackee and saltfish and dumpling. <laughs> and dumpling. Now, ackee is that a fruit or is that what is that? It's a fruit. It's, it's on a tree. You know, yeah, it's on a tree. It's mm -hmm. a fruit. Um, it's, it's one of those things that is very hard to describe. <laughs> yeah, you have to see it. You it have is to interesting see it. looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the dumpling is the dumpling what we would think is flour dumpling. Yeah, it's flour that was really dough, um, you know, like, you know, mixed in and, you know, making it into like a, like a, you know, not really a ball, like, like in a, like in a, a, a circle and just putting it in the pot. To and just, you frying it or you throwing it, just, it in the sauce? No, just throwing it in the, in water to boil. Steam, oh boil, to, okay. To, 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 to boil it and get hard. Okay. And, and that's just it. But eating it by itself won't taste good until you really put the, the Sauce, sauce with it, with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you gotta put a good, a good sauce with it and then eat it that way. And culturally, we just love it like that, you know. So, mm -hmm. that's one of our, you know, dish. And then we talk about our jerk chicken, like that's that's the other thing that is, is a sell off for us, you know. Um, you know, even though when we go home, we really crave to get good jerk chicken because we just think that not the meat itself is like organic or the meat itself have a different flavor than the meat that we get here like right. get go to the restaurant and get it yeah. um when you go there and really taste the chicken yeah. there like jerk chicken then you get an understanding like oh wow this thing tastes totally different than what yeah. we get here what, what, what the animals the are eating is yes different yeah it's different yeah. so yeah. and even like if you have the other good um, uh, um, dish is curry goat, like, mm -hmm. you know, you get curry goat here, fine. You know, we, we have to enjoy what we can get. Mm -hmm. But when you really go back home and get curry goat, it's a whole different taste because of what the animal is eating. Mm -hmm. And that really brings out the flavor right. in the goat. Right. So um, those are some of the stuff that, you know, um, in, 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 in our um, third world country that we... We, 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 we enjoy our, our, you know, have fun around growing up. And you can't get it anywhere else, right? Have you found it anywhere else? That mm -hmm. same? No, I have not, you know, you know especially um, 
here in the north where it's not tropical. It's not <laughs> tropical at you all. Know? Yeah. So you won't get some of the stuff that I grew up on. Like I, I haven't seen Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen Tambran. <laughs> I've never I've, heard of Guinness. Yeah, no. So. Yeah. Yeah, Guinness is is almost like a like a plum, but it's kind of different. It grow on these really big trees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. Now you didn't say my favorite. My what what? Plantain. Oh, plantains. Oh wow, <laughs> I love plantain. <laughs> you you know, say my favorite. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh wow. Um, yeah. You know, I'm 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 not really a planting person, but um. Oh wow. Um, you know, I appreciate plantains. You mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. especially um, fried, um, green plantains. Oh, you know? fried and green. You yeah. know, I'm, of course. Sweet, yeah, sweet, black yeah. and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I like those. Um, yeah. So yeah, planting is great. He's um, like, ah, oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 last on that note, uh, with the cur with the jerk, mm -hmm. what's the most pivotal uh, seasoning that makes a difference in the jerk? Um, is it the time? You know, I would say um, it's that um, scotch bonnet pepper, mm -hmm. and I think it's a combination of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, what you the, the 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 seasoning that you you put with it, like the paprika, and everybody really have a different combination. Right. And some is like um, family secret, like they really just blends things together that comes out and put it on the, the jerk. But let me tell you what's really back home that really brings out the jerk is that pimento wood. The pimento. So, okay. so it's, it's not the wood like really yeah. like the, the big ground. ground not, not not the pimento seed but the wood itself from the tree. Oh, well, that you're burning. That you're burning. You're that smoking, you, the the smoking the meat on. Smoking the meat on. Okay. So, you know, so um, that's why sometimes you get jerk chicken here and it's not the same because you're not finding the right wood okay. to really flavor the meat. Can you find the wood here anywhere? Fermento, no. You're going to make me get no. on a hunt. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I've never seen fermento wood here unless you I import wonder if it. Shipped. I might do that. I might do that. Yeah, so talking to is, the right one yeah, over here. Yeah, so you... you um, it's 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 really jerk chicken is really in the wood really yes you know yes, and think, then the season that. so yeah. when you go there you don't really find anybody jerking on um, gas okay yeah you yeah. know right, right nobody do yeah. like like cold 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 either no you that's, know? <laughs> I am I will say I'm a bit of a grill master yeah and my thing is wood too yeah and I tell people that I really can just cook with just wood. No, and a lot is, of times people say, oh, I don't know how you get, it's the wood. Yeah. So I understand yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, now yeah. you're making me think about yeah. my jerk, which I just <laughs> made jerk with yeah. the kalaloo you sent me. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to find me some pimento yeah, yeah, wood yeah. now. And even when you go back home and you get um, food from people who cook with wood, mm -hmm. the flavor comes out in the meat. The flavor comes out you in the rice. You can't beat it. It's every, you know? yeah. yeah. So yeah. wood really flavor your food. And I tell you, I right. grew up cooking, you know, my family and other um, um, community members who does cook with wood. And that really gave the food some flavor. You know, when I get here and we cook from, you know, from gas or stuff, yeah. I kind of, you know, miss the flavor. Now I'm used to it to, to, yes. to the point I don't remember what it, right. <laughs> it, it tastes like because I've been here so long, right. you know. But when you do go home, you're like, 
it pulls back a memory. Right. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. wow, yes, mm -hmm. this is what this I'm is missing. This is what I'm missing, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, and my wood combination, I cook, I love mesquite and I love pecan okay. uh, wood. Um, I might use a little bit of hickory, but really pecan, mm -hmm. mesquite, okay. and a little fruit wood here and there yeah, is fine. Yeah, but yeah. I'm an all wood girl too, so that's... Yeah, I'm happy to hear that, you know, because yeah. you don't really hear that on a regular person. People see you jerking, using wood to cook or something, they look like, why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a, that's a tremendous difference. Now we're out here at the garden, and, you know, we're in an urban environment. Everybody can hear the cars mm -hmm. and radios and people. Uh, passing by and this is good because we're getting the authentic experience. How did you uh, end up with, tell me about Urban Fresh Gardens first of all. You know, um, so I was living in New York and um, it's just a fast pace. You don't have no land, no space and I'm there like, Lord, I need a fresh start. You know, I want to do something different. And then Waterbury was just, this was just the time of the recession. It, everything was just looking really bad, mm -hmm. you know. It's nothing like, like now. Mm -hmm. And when we got here, we saw a whole bunch of abandoned lots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everything was just looking chaotic. Mm -hmm. And I look around, I'm like, you know, asking God, what can I do? And God said, you could turn all of these lots in gardens. Yes. <laughs> you know? And so I didn't know where to start, so I started to put out, you know, flyers and, you know, asking anybody they want to, um, you know, give me, let me use, clean up their lot and use as garden and we could bother with some vegetable in return. Right. You know, and so there was a garden here before and it got abandoned and I, you know, Fanny Marone, Marone that we met, that's mm -hmm. a part of my board, mm -hmm. she saw my flyer and called me right away and asked me if I would like to use this plot of land and turn it into a garden. Oh, and I was like, perfect. yeah, I love that. You what know? a blessing, and, huh? And from there on, I've been just working this plot of land and you know, just making a lot of vegetables from out of here and serving the neighborhood and people get to know me more because of just, because I do all this um, farming and growing vegetables. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and what a this is a, a, a great location for a garden. It is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you really couldn't get more prime than this. You're on a yeah. corner. You're on the corner of, what's the street here? Sarfield. Sarsfield and, and Hill. And Hill. Okay, so yeah. if anybody's in Waterbury, you can visit Urban Fresh Garden. Yeah. But what I note just looking around, I mean, you've got people right across the street from you, uh, multi-family houses. Uh, you're on Great Access uh, Street. There's mm -hmm. a lot of traffic, as mm -hmm. we can hear. And you're very visible. And this is what I like about an urban garden. Yeah. Even urban, of course, you're in the thicket of people. Yeah. But sometimes those gardens are not visible still. Some of them, yes. And you have a lot of visibility here. The other thing that I noticed, you're right across the street from a little corner store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, what's your relationship with the store? Any? Um, so over there is really a, a, like a liquor store, corner store, okay. um, but my relationship with the people is, I always try to establish good relationships, even right. if the people are not that yeah. good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I always look to bring a 
positive light right. to um, my neighbors. Even if they are not that nice, mm -hmm. I always really, you know, they say if, if, you know, if there is darkness, light a candle, yeah. you know, right. and Urban Fresh is that light yeah. right here um, in any, in, and bring light to any dark area. So, and that's really the goal. So my relationship is, I would say, is pretty good because if I go in there, I smile with everybody and talk with them and I just try to make joke right away. So yeah, yeah. It's just well, me. the garden itself has a vibration, right? So yeah. Uh, and and I'm speaking from my own personal experience. So my garden, this my headquarter garden is yeah. in the hood, right? The hood of the hood, okay? right? And uh, as we develop the garden mm -hmm. more and more, again that vibration. Yeah. You bring the beautification. Yeah, yeah. You know, so people might not think, they don't think a lot of the garden, right? Yeah. But it starts to carry its own. Yeah. And it starts to have its own sound. It starts to have its own smell. It starts yeah, to have yeah. its own visibility. Yeah. With the impacts. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. walking by now, people driving by, and the people across the street. Yeah. It also breaks down cultural barriers. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, the garden is like, for, for, for a lot of people like it would be very hard for me to get in this space but just me being here people will walk into my space right, right. <laughs> you know yeah and different culture if they see something I'm growing that they can identify with they will just stop yeah. just to ask me questions sometimes even it it, it, it break down um, language barriers yes. yeah even though we can't talk that's right. You know, we will gesticulate over yeah, a plant. That's right. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and that's just the, the wonderful thing about like gardening that I found out. Like I get to meet so many people from different cultures yeah. only because I'm gardening. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it would have been way difficult for me to stop and have a conversation with them. Yeah. But they would stop and have a conversation with me because the garden is right here. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that I find about being a farmer is that it's just a never-ending learning cycle. Oh, yes. You learn so much from everybody. Yes. And uh, there's no one way to do anything. No. Um, and, I, you know, when I first visited this garden, I hadn't met you yet, but now, this is about seven months ago, I think I was here. Yeah. And it's just completely changed. Yeah. And I, I saw it when I first saw it because I'm yeah. true to this. Yeah. But so now you have blanketed the area with wood chips. Where are you getting the wood chips from? So we, we're getting it free from the guys who run um, tree services. So they paid to get it dumped. So, you know, once I'm, I meet them and I say, listen, you need a place to dump your wood chip. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me where. And I will get flood of wood chip coming in like more than I could handle. So, um, and that's really a blessing because um, if I would, if I had to buy all of that, right. it would have been so expensive. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, if we would be able to do all what we're doing here mm -hmm. in covering the entire garden with wood chip. Yeah. Yeah. It changes the aesthetic immediately. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful because it's cushion. Yeah. So walking and bending and yeah. your knees and yeah. your back yes. is you safe. You could just sit in it. You, you could, could sit in it. <laughs> yeah. It you know? smells good too. Yeah. Some uh, aromatherapy yeah. with that. Yep. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I noticed is that you have a greenhouse, a huge greenhouse right. under construction. Right. Uh, tell me a little bit about that and how that's going to transform this garden. So you know we got this greenhouse from the NRC. It's uh, 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 
uh, you know, it, it, NRC is a, is a department from the Department of Agriculture. So um, we got this greenhouse just for season extension. And we don't get a lot of summer. Our summer is really short. Very. And so we need to find a way out to grow longer in, in our season. So this um, greenhouse is really going to transform our um, growing season from start to finish. Yeah. You know, you know, you know. Once we get the full approval to use the greenhouse that we want to, you're talking about we starting to grow from probably middle March or early March all the way back to November. Yeah. We'll be able to grow our vegetable in there. And maybe beyond and that. I think beyond that. It depends that. on the vegetable we're going to rotate with. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, take out and put in. And but, maybe add some heaters or and something. That's why, yeah, and some heaters in yeah. there. It depends because with Department of Ag, there's um, regulation and restriction and okay. stuff that we can do and can't do. Mm -hmm. And so once those um, restrictions are, are lifted, then we are able to do what we want to do mm -hmm. with the greenhouse, like double plastic it blow it up and had some fans and heaters in there and then even there then we're going to be able to extend our season even all year round yeah it's, it's incredible know? what are the uh dimensions on it do you remember it's like 30 um 30 to around 90. 32 yeah. by 90. 30 feet by 90 feet it is yes. huge yeah and um <clears throat> It's going to transform the work that you're doing completely. Yeah. What are going to be your plans for all of this produce that you're now <laughs> going to have that's uh, perfection? Right. So we have been, and marketing is, is a big thing that's been on our minds. So we are going to be connecting with um, Brass City Food Hub. Their, they, what, their job is to really take food from farmers and find ways to distribute it to the community mm -hmm. and to people who need it. And then um, Connecticut Food Share also reached out to, it, to us to say any food that we have, they would buy it for us so that they can give it to the pantries. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Connecticut Food Share. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And we also connect with um, Farm to School. Mm -hmm. They also look into partner with us to get food into the schools. Mm -hmm. So those are really going to be our top focus areas um, to be, and then people who walk here, walk of in, course, yeah. you know, people who know that we grow here people and that walk live across in, the street, yeah, and, you know. and ask us for food. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think that's amazing just to have that connection straight out the gate. Yeah, uh, have that kind of governmental support behind yeah. you. Yeah, insurance. Yeah, I mean that's huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What about, are you able to have a farmer's market, a small uh, fruit stand or something here, you know, vegetable stand? We, we could we could do that, um, but I haven't looked into that mm -hmm. yet because really what we really, you know, you know, we are a small farm or a small garden, but we really want to look into um, our garden being like a school and develop kids. Right. So we've I really been spending time in trying to develop the garden in such a way that you know it become uh, educational um, experience here and finding different <coughs> ways to grow like we want to start looking to put in hydroponics aquaponics you know we want to you know we, we, we have been telling the kids we want to get to a place where we use um, we develop build our own gas for cooking mm. you know so you know they're uh, just they're, what's that charcoal or what you know that is um there is this system that what's the name of it i don't remember right now but what's you the more the more you the digester 
So the okay. more you, anything, any food scrap you put in there, it digests it, break down to fertilizer, and then give your gas separate for cooking. And so you're talking about cooking from the heat energy, the uh, no, uh, the what what's the igniter? I think it's like biogas. Like so, it's not like this uh, wood chip pile over here. No, it's no. creating heat. Have you seen that? Yeah, and yeah. And people I, light light bulbs and stuff from that. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you gotta check that yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm. Wow, that's that's yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. So, outdoor classroom—that's what I like to call it in my garden. Yeah. Right. Is that there's an opportunity to learn endless. Yeah. And um, and you're an educator. Yeah. Um, you're impacting the youth. You have children yourself. I have two kids. Yeah. You have two kids. Yeah. Are you married? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. are you a farming family? Uh, you know, my wife is getting into it. <laughs> she yeah. wasn't too much into it before, but after she have started to see the impact yeah. that I'm having in the community yeah and people are coming you know coming to us more um we we, we have different um government officials that is just standing behind us and love what we are doing and mm -hmm. really encouraging us to to keep going on um people who just encourage us to keep going on she's like all right you know you I, got I think, something. yeah you got something going on yeah uh, i'm with you <laughs> yeah and what about your kids do they like being out here or what you know they come out at time too um they 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 um they help out at times not something that they particularly like to be mm -hmm, honest mm -hmm. um but it's it, growing up for me there are many things that i didn't like particularly That's right. and then you know my mom would tell me then but you have to learn this yes so it's one of those things that i bring them out and tell them this is one of these things you just have to learn mm -hmm. you know? and i often tell people um about me and my cousins uh, being out in my grandmother who I'm visiting here in Connecticut uh -huh. she's turning 95 years old oh wow so we used to she's always had a garden yeah and uh, we used to have to go and pick the tomatoes pick the greens pick mm -hmm. the grapes pick the cherries mm -hmm. and we hated it you know <laughs> we hated it we had to do it so often that we got smart enough to start bringing out the salt and pepper shakers and eat the tomatoes. Pick a tomato, eat a tomato. Pick the grapes, eat the grapes. Yep, Even with yep. uh, uh, ripe or not, you know. Mm -hmm, she was mm -hmm. like, "Don't eat my grapes; they're not ready yet." Yeah. But what you're saying, but now here I am. I've been a professional chef. I've yep. been a uh, uh, educator yep. in a culinary program, yep. and then I also have this this organization like you. So like you're saying, I think that, um, you know, we do have to look back at how we are again building these life skills, yeah. uh, this mentorship opportunity mm -hmm. to say that these young people don't need to have a decision on everything. No. You know, some yeah. things just need to be developmental yeah. and giving back to your community in a way mm -hmm that has a legacy to it is part of it as well yes yes uh, i that is really my you know biggest dream is to leave a legacy yeah. behind that when greg passed from this life that greg is really still here yeah exactly <laughs> you know and for sure that's already happening yeah, yeah. greg is is also has some other tangible skills other than being a farmer, which the farm benefits from, mm -hmm. what tell us a little bit more about your 
expertise and background? Oh wow! So, you know, you know, even though I grew up in this third world, you know, country, when I came to America, God just been just expanding my abilities in ways that I didn't know what they were, the real purpose for them. Is. But now I'm seeing how they're coming together. So I came and then I went to school for computer science. I have a degree in computer science. Um, then I, I have like maybe three more classes to finish my master's in um, public administration. Mm. And uh, you know, and then in, in high school I did electrical work and then now I'm in school, finish up, finishing school on becoming an electrician. So, and I love plumbing, you know, and I do all this work. So all, it's like all these skills really come together to um, for me to pour back in the kids life right you know so you know and just praying to God like all right God help me to bring all of this together mm -hmm. so that I can you know bring it back to the youth and, yeah. and, and help you know pour into them what's in, in, in what's in me to pour into them mm -hmm. you know so that this legacy could pass on and it be just develop into something bigger than I could ever dream of. You exactly. Know? So how are you using these skills as an electrician, as a public administrator, <laughs> as a plumber here at, at Urban, at, at Hill Street location, Urban Fresh Garden? You know, it's, it's crazy because people will call me for anything. I get phone calls anytime. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's, 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 you know, being, you know, computer skills, I would build my own websites, mm -hmm. you know, for the organization. Um, the computer skills come in so handy because it helped me, you know, with my writing for grants, you know, for um, just, you know, being able to function around a, the computer or to send emails or to, to communicate with, you know, you know, government officials because you learn some stuff in school that now you, you, you put them in place. But then on a practical level, um, you are just a person that if something go wrong, people call call me. But at the same time, at the same time, I can just go and make, you know, a side hustle from all these skills. And I do have a, um, I'm a licensed contractor, mm -hmm. you know, where I can, you know, I, I could pull permits and I can do a lot of contracting work for anybody. So, yeah. And I, what I was hoping for you to mention, which you haven't, which is the water lines that you're able to oh. run and the, you have some some tunnels here yeah, yeah some some little greenhouses and there you've yeah. got the 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 irrigation yeah yeah that's that's the, on the side of the plumbing side of stuffs where we um create zones in the garden and was able to zone out the entire garden to set up auto, automatic waterers yeah. um in here where we wouldn't have time to unwater uh, all these beds so we actually um, set them up on time zone and they come on automatically and just water all these beds without me I mean doing anything if that's know? not a luxury yeah <laughs> trust me we are on rainwater okay harvesting uh -huh. and uh, you know utilizing in Texas you know where I'm from right now it's 115 degrees oh, wow. And so that kind of heat, you can't stop. Once it starts, you can't stop. You can't yeah. water enough. You yeah, can't, yeah. You know, so you really have to learn how to deal with the earth. And, mm -hmm. you know, everything still does want to grow. Yeah. It's just knowing how to plant it and how to support mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. process. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, hey, yeah, yeah. it's nothing like having irrigation. <laughs> no, no, irrigation is a, is a good thing, cool thing. And, 
you know when even though you're in texas and then you know you probably have a longer growing season than us Much. but then you know we we understand um, the, uh, the north side have a whole different challenge where we have to deal with the coal right. and so in every area that you have you have the challenge that you have to face and know how to combat that challenge right so that you can still grow food or grow food year round right. without the, the elements really stopping you from doing that you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah I also know that you have these beautiful um, garden boxes right raised beds uh, since the last time I was here yeah how did these get here the kids build it. <laughs> the kids the, build them. Yeah, the kids build them. And the idea is really that we want people with physical disability to be able to come to the garden and enjoy the space also. Right. If, if somebody with physical disability, they can come in and um, participate in our activity without feeling left out, yeah. you know. And so really one of our push that we're going to keep doing is to keep building um, raised beds yeah you know that's probably going to be the future of urban fresh like having raised beds because we want to be inclusive mm -hmm. of people with physical disability because mm -hmm. we feel like people with physical disability sometimes when there are community plans or anything happening they're not really being pulled into the plans right. to really cater for them so that's one of the future urban fresh is to really care for people with physical disability that they can come and sit enjoy and plant mm -hmm. in the garden at the same time and just yeah. be totally inclusive yeah. of everyone that wants an opportunity yeah. to grow or just to come and sit, sit. out here yeah. really and yeah. and let the plants you know <laughs> yeah. speak to them um I also note that you have a camper that's out here. Right. <laughs> and and you have a use of repurposing things. I see you have some tires that are making your flower beds um, and they're painted. Yeah. Um, this is something that I'm an advocate of, which is sustainability in all of its forms, repurposing things, mm -hmm. particularly in an urban environment where you don't have, there are a lot of don't haves. Yeah. So it's using what you do have. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, when I when I started and I still do think about repurposing what you have and find ways to be creative, find ways to cut costs. Um, when I started, I we didn't have the money that we just got some funding. So what we had a lot of was tires, mm. and what we didn't have a lot of money, uh, a lot of was really good soil, and for the the, the dimension in which we are growing in would cost us a lot of money to truck in that amount of soil to you know to, to redo the holy area mm -hmm. and have fresh soil to plant so we started out to say all right we're going to use tires because it, it costs less to fill the tires with dirt mm -hmm. and then we say oh you know what let's get some grow bags because it also costs less to fill those grow bags with dirt yeah. and so what we did we just lined the tires up like a bed and lined the, the grow bags up like in, in, a, in a bed format and then we grow like like that you know yeah and I'm glad you mentioned that because that is something that struck me. I was very impressed with when I first visited this garden right. was how you had beds of bags. Right. But you're saying grow bags, which makes me think of, uh, you know, the texture grow bag. Right. But you're using plastic bags. Plastic bags, yeah. Garbage bags. Right. <laughs> and this is the thing that I think is awesome because yeah. I, I really never seen anybody you know of course i've transported some vegetables and mm -hmm. put them in the soil and put them in a bag and took them to where i was going to plant them right. but you had 
collard greens growing out here yeah. like crazy when yep. I came. Yep. Yes. And using all these garbage bags. And so what gave you that idea? So really they do actually those bags they have they sell them online oh, um, wow. to really grow into. Okay. Um, so um you know, regular grow bags are expensive. Right. You know, so with those bags that, you know, that are plastic, you really could get like one for um, maybe around, it depends on where, five cents for one. And so in that way, you could buy, buy in bulk, mm -hmm. you know, bags in bulk. And then you could, you know, buy like um, 18 yard of soil and plant this whole area up with, with, with vegetable because... Yeah. There is no wastage, you know, right. in terms of dirt, and not only just that. Then you, you don't have no runoff. It's protected, you know. There's you know your your if you you put fertilizer or stuff, it stay right there. The I rain don't wash it around. Yeah. So and you, know, you yeah. can use small space. And you can use small space mm -hmm. and grow a lot. And then not only that, you could quantify how much stuff you're growing because you could count each bag, That's and right. it gives you That's an idea, right. you know, yeah. what you're growing and how much. Yeah. You know. I yeah. love that. I love it. Tell me about the camper, which looks like it's abandoned. What's the plan? So I got that camper for real cheap, and the idea was it was cheap, and then we took it with many ideas like, oh, man, we're going to do a storage with this or what we're going to do with it. But the more we start thinking about it, we're going to turn it in the kitchen. That's great. <laughs> and we're going to use it for cooking. Mm -hmm. And we hope that it, you know, set it up real nice and hope that we could serve the community from out that camper you know in terms mm -hmm. of it being a kitchen and cook some nice thing we could use it for training train right. the kids how to cook so right. many possibilities could come out of that just having it there as a kitchen over there yeah well I had the pleasure and honor and I'm glad that you um, welcomed me into <clears throat> excuse me attending one of your board meetings yeah and um, which was nice um, and I made a suggestion yeah. of you all incorporating a pizza oven out here. We've been thinking about it ever since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've been thinking, that, that's all I've been talking about. Like, you know what? That is such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, well, yeah. good. So next time I come. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely see because that's a part of creativity mm -hmm. and that's something that every, everybody loves pizza. Everybody loves pizza. Uh, uh, you know, and it's something that you can play around with in terms of putting your vegetable on it. It's, 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 it's really no a, waste yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. And it's a way to pull the kids in, you know, because right. kids love pizza. Now you're going to tell them, make your pizza and put some vegetable on it. That's right. That's <laughs> you know? right. That's and they right. may, you know, it's probably hard to have kids eat the vegetable, but if you start to engage them in stuff that they like to do or stuff that they, they're willing to do then and stuff that they like to eat and then you use that to introduce other things then right. it's, it's a good gateway. Yeah, you know? it is. And speaking, how are you attracting the kids? One of the things that you brought up in your board meeting uh, was how you want to pay the yeah. young people that come out here, which I thought was really good that you're championing uh putting together budget so that they can be compensated for their work how are you attracting the young people and what's your plan in terms of paying them and why yeah, okay so i'll tell you why first so when i was growing up i always worked with the culture is also you know go work with an apprentice so you always go work with an electrician you go work always work go work with a carpenter so your parents from your young, you have to go partner with apprentice, mm -hmm. um, a mechanic. So 
really, I always, my thing was to go work with a carpenter. My mom had me out working with a carpenter, and you get paid. Mm -hmm. So, uh, every kid know to go, go get an apprenticeship program and go get paid. Mm -hmm. So, as a young kid growing up, even though after school I would go to the carpenter and work with him and get paid, making picture frame, saving box, little stuff for myself, and then working, you know, building, helping to build his furniture and stuff, but getting paid. So I, I'm always, now, now I'm older, my thing is, I don't want no kid to come and work volunteering because when I was young, I was always out there working, even for two hours, mm -hmm. and getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. So now that I have this opportunity, my thing is, let's start a Learn to Earn program and teach the kids how to work and learn and earn. Learn and earn. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, are you finding it difficult to fund that idea? It is, it is pretty difficult to fund the idea, it, but it's taking traction. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have people that share the program with them and different organizations and funders that I'm sharing it with. And we've been getting funding, funded for, you know, part of it. Um, we're hoping, this is our second year as a non-profit, but we've been doing um, urban farming for about seven years, but this is our second year as a non-profit. And so within our second year, we were able to raise over $30,000. So... We're hoping if God keep blessing us in that direction, we'll be able to double that, mm -hmm. you know, to like 60 and then 100. And then we'll be able to, you know, take in at least constantly 15 kids that we could um, constantly pour into um, the, the urban agriculture um, type of um, um, program, the um, um, educational piece into these kids, you know. What are the kids' feedback on the, these kids that have participated what are they saying about it you know i tell you we have sometimes i have to try to put a break on it because once <laughs> one kid find a friend they're taking a friend in the next day yeah and <laughs> they just keep bringing them come get this money <laughs> yeah come get this money so i'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. we have a system here yeah. you know we gotta talk to you about it there's a whole bunch of paperwork you gotta go sign up some stuff we just don't come yeah. and start working yeah. you know yeah but um they that you know i find out that i don't have to advertise so much to the program because the same kids are going to tell their friend right. about the program mm -hmm. and when they come they're excited about doing the stuff. Building the greenhouse. Oh, once we start building the greenhouse, they're like, wow, this is just wonderful. We start mixing cement or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not something they do all the time. They probably only see grown up doing that. So they probably always want it. Um, plumbing, they always think it's so complicated. Or they like, okay, they never. But once I show them one time, I'm like, you go, after now, you're going to be doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. And then they take full control after I show them one time yeah. and tell them, here's the tools. You're gonna run the pipe over here. You're gonna run that over here, and they're doing it themselves, and that's amazing. You know? It is fantastic, yeah. and it's something that they're not even getting in school. So, yeah. you know, that's great. Yeah. What are you growing right now? You gifted me with a couple of things. One. I asked for greens <laughs> when I first came here because I was like, I got to get something out of here. Uh, I started to start picking myself. <laughs> but And then you gave me the Kalaloo. Right. Uh, and I, this was my first time. You, you Previously, I received some seeds from you. Yeah. And I have some Caribbean folks and folks that come to my garden, and they always saying, Kalaloo, Kalaloo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the, you yeah. know I, yeah, some people think that Kalaloo is the best um, vegetable is the number one 
but I and then that's where I really started because I learned to grow that first in my life you know like that's what my mom showed me first like because everybody eat that that vegetable but um, our staple crop that we really looking into is really um, Kalaloo but um, we are really moving towards the Malabar spinach oh yeah I you love know that. so because Malabar spinach in the summertime it it, it gives high yielding mm -hmm. and it gives you a lot mm -hmm. um, this year because we are revamping the whole area with um, and really spending a lot of time building building we haven't put out so much crop as we really want to sure. but come next year we'll right. be really anchoring down on like Kalaloo uh, Malabar spinach and tomatoes um, and and some and some squash mm -hmm. we don't try to do everything because sure. of space and we really want to maximize the amount of stuff that we're growing so we focus on some stuff that we could say all right these are going to give us yielding and we could really do what make a lot from from that those crops yeah and I like the idea of uh, you know as I've visited a couple of different uh, outfits here in uh -huh. Waterbury which right. I'm impressed with is just what you're saying uh, everybody focus in on what they're focusing on and mm -hmm. then you start sharing with each other yes um, and yes. that way you can have more exposure more yeah. volunteers more yeah community yes, yes and you can also have uh, you know a, a really stellar crop I'm looking at that mint behind you yeah which is looking so good I love mint yeah yeah um, but so so seeds in the ground now you just you just got the remnants of what you already had because you are building yeah okay because you yeah. got a nice crop of time and you've been yes. sending me that time yes, which is yes, so good yes 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 so we really um now so we have a nursery and we um just plant everything in the nursery and then we do the transplant so we've yeah. been transplanting on my other plot of land like a lot of the malabar spinach we've been planted planting out a lot of tomatoes so because we're rebuilding um we're really going to be looking um to take care of our malabar spinach and we'll be reaping most of that for market this year and so, are you going to have a little cooking class or something about the malabar because a lot of people don't know about it yeah yeah or uh, they're afraid of it, it looks beautiful but <laughs> yeah. they're like okay now what you know so it's a malabar has this really um strong taste to it than the regular spinach and you know i i in particular don't really like it but you know once i started introducing to other people and i found out that people like i love this spinach this spinach really cook good mm -hmm. and it tastes good mm -hmm. i'm like all right it's not about me so <laughs> right. you know so i'm like all right i'm gonna grow a whole ton load of this because people are taking towards it mm -hmm. you know even though if even though i don't take towards it i really it's all about the people that's right. around me and if people love it i'm just gonna keep growing it um and 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 get it but yes in terms of cooking class we want to do some of that for the community yeah you know we want to have a time where we have people from the community um come in and do some cooking and show us how they do their own thing different culture coming in and yeah. show us how they they cook so we can't wait for the rv to turn a kitchen so we can create different programs and you know enjoy different dishes yeah yeah um, I typically have at the end of each podcast a scenario that I give okay. all of my guests. Right. 
and it goes like this you are being shipped off to a deserted island mm -hmm. you have one kitchen crate it might be that crate you were climbing up the mountain with as a boy mm -hmm. what's going to be in your crate um it's going to be seeds <laughs> um it's going to be um maybe some knives and um, what else would be in my crate? A tent, a small tent or something, you know. Um, maybe uh, some some sort of um, hunting, um, um, like a, an a bone arrow for hunting or something, and um, some water, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay. No fire. Well, you know. Um, you can you can you can rub the sticks yeah, together. Yeah, we can. You know we, can we, we, we figure out fire. I'm sure we'll we figure out fire going up there. You know, after that, you know, I'm. I always tell people that you know, I don't know if you could put me somewhere that I wouldn't survive. Like when COVID hit and everybody was just scrambling around for food or getting scared, and I'm thinking like, I'm a farmer. I I I survival is what I do from a boy. So. Right. That was not going to be something that was going to phase me or the family. You know, we, we know how to survive. That's the thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And it's reminding people that we do know how to survive. We're yeah. built to survive. Yeah. Um, I also want to chime back into, I feel like um, this work is a ministry for you. Yeah. And uh, is it a ministry for you? It is. It is. Um, I really believe... Um, from my spiritual background that you know what you do for God will last mm -hmm. you know um, in, in, in scripture wise it says that we, we, where your heart is that's where your treasure is and you know Bible say um, store up treasure where moth and rust cannot harm your teeth cannot break into steel and there are some things that are so valuable that get stored in heaven mm -hmm. that it's 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 something that I just want to know that I'm being a part of that person who is storing away good treasures. And what I do, and what I do with a kid, I feel like that is my treasure that I'm storing away. <laughs> you know? Give me your one word. Legacy. Legacy. <laughs> yeah. In 30 seconds or less, tell me why. Because I want to leave the world better than I found it. Beautiful. I yeah. think you're doing an awesome job, yeah. Greg Knight. Yeah. Urban Fresh Gardens, thank you for having thank me. Thank you so much, sir. I'm looking forward to returning. Yes. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting my hands in this dirt, too. <laughs> yep, yep. Love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. All right. Thanks for listening to Freestyle Flavor, a bi-weekly production. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you're alerted to every new uploaded episode. And if you'd like to get in contact with us here at the podcast, we'd love to hear back from you. Send your email to freshandfreestyleflavor at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this episode. In the meantime and in between time, I am Chef Tarsha. It's been a pleasure.